Hello and welcome to Beyond MND. My name's James and in this podcast we'll be trying to raise awareness by sharing experiences of both myself and others living and dealing with motor neuron disease. Coming up on this episode, I talk to two amazing people that give their insights on what it's like caring for their husbands living and dealing with motor neuron disease. So let's get started and go Beyond MND. There we go. Right. Okay. So, hello and welcome to the latest episode of Beyond MND. I'm joined today with two amazing guests who are caring and doing a wonderful job for their husbands with motor neuron disease. So, hello, both of you. Welcome and thank you for joining me. Hi, James. Hi, James. So, I think we'll get the... uh, the formalities out the way and if you would like to introduce uh yourselves to the the podcast so everyone knows who we're talking to and uh we'll start with some questions and and go from there uh so i'm sarita and uh, my husband dale was diagnosed with mnd in december of last year uh with um so that's 22 with symptoms uh presenting themselves around june um when he was 39 um so yeah my husband's um mnd uh, sadly is a fast progressing one so where we're at currently is um n- no limb use at all and um no core no you know the neck is dropping we are totally nil by mouth now and um uh, literally, he has the ventilator, the NIV machine on, on all day, every day. Um, yeah, he is in very, very good spirits. He's amazing. Um, and yeah, that's where we're at. Oh, yeah. bless you. We're well, obviously doing a, an amazing job. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Sarah, over to you. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah. So my husband, Rob, has MND. He was diagnosed um, back in February. 22 um, and he'd had symptoms for about six months prior to that so he was 40 when he was diagnosed he's 41 now and um, we have two young children as well so we have a four-year-old and a six-year-old so that brings its own additional challenges to that um, his has progressed fairly quickly not quite as quickly as Dale's but um, Rob's in a wheelchair he doesn't really have any movement at all within his legs he has a little bit of strength in them but could not walk anywhere um, and re- relies pretty much on sort of lifting him in and out of the chair and in and out of bed and things like that. Um, he is still eating, but uh, very sort of soft foods and um, pureed foods and things like that. So, yeah, so that's where we are. At. He's generally very positive. Um, I think, you know, for him talking to other people that have MND and just sort of um, getting involved in the community has really helped with that because he's gone from being out all the time to being stuck in the house. So that's been a huge challenge. Oh, good. Well, I know, I know I've had a sort of I've, I've been talking to Rob for a couple of years now since we've both sort of, I think we've, we got diagnosed fairly sort of similar. Yeah, time. I think it was. And um, so, yes, yeah, so he's doing well. And, and again, you're, you're obviously doing a great job and, and looking after kids, I feel your pain as well. <laughs> it must I, be. Honestly, I can't imagine. I, don't, I, I can't fathom it, Sarah. And you work as well, which I find <laughs> amazing. So I quit, I quit work back in June because I just wasn't coping with sort of, well, I had two jobs. So I don't, I honestly, 
my hat comes off to you and my heart goes out to you. I just, I just can't, can't, I can't imagine. Just a whirlwind life, isn't it? <laughs> For all of us, all of us have a whirlwind life right now. So as you both know, we put some questions out to the Facebook page that you're both members of. Um, and for those that are listening that that don't know about the Facebook group, it's called Beyond MND, funny enough. And we asked some questions for around the caring side of things. So the, the, this episode is all about um, sort of the, the side, the caring side or the carer side of looking after someone with motor neuron disease. So we had some questions that come back and here they go so uh, this is out to i would say more so sarah because you you sort of wanted to talk about a bit more about the emotional side of things a little bit more so we'll go with this one for you first and then sarita if you wanted to sort of interject with with anything that you feel that you can relate to then please do so but how are you coping i've put physically mentally and emotionally but that all comes under one sort of umbrella i think so so how are you coping emotionally looking after rob um and Sarita Dale as well with with where you are now yeah I think it's a it's a really hard one to answer and I think the question that I get on a daily basis from people is like how do you stay so strong how do you keep going and I don't think until you're in the situation you have any idea how you will cope with it and you don't really have a choice you have to be strong and you have to keep going because you're the one that's doing that you're the one that's having to do the caring so I think it is absolutely exhausting don't get me wrong like I think I get up in the morning and I feel like I don't stop until as soon as I get to bed and then you're awake during the night because you know I've obviously got the kids as well but Rob needs moving so it's a constant exhaustion um, and obviously you don't get the time for yourself that maybe you would have done in the past so maybe to exercise or to do the things that actually gave you that relaxation that you had in the past that has gone and even the ability to just be able to go out and see friends or do something different all those things that you might relate to being your sort of relaxation or your time out in the past that has all changed a little bit I think I'm awful as well and I'll be completely honest about this is actually talking about it I find it really difficult to talk to people about it because I really struggle with handling other people's emotions and that's just because I think I put a barrier up for myself to protect myself a little bit because I feel like if I'm dealing with someone else's emotions too I'm probably likely to let my barrier down and then I'm worried the floodgates will open and that'll be it. (laughs) That's understandable. Well, I I appreciate you uh, putting on a very brave face to do this. (laughs) You did very well. (laughs) I think, um, you know, if I'd spoken first, I would have said exactly the same things. Um, It's such a difficult question to answer and one that varies day to day. So you can have a really okay day where everything went smoothly. Uh, you know, like maybe there was like one poo and, you know, uh, and she didn't need such and such and such and such. Um, and then other days where it just goes absolutely crazy. But the more days I have like that, the more I know that the next day could be better. Yeah. Um, and it's actually from those really bad days that this podcast and the carers chat came about because I was having a really rough time. And I thought there's just nobody for me to speak to who will say, I get that. Because you, there's so, emotionally, I'd say the, the worst thing is the guilt. So you feel bad when he calls on you. You think, oh, I just sat down. Yeah. Or, you know, I've just made a coffee. And it always happens at that time that you yeah. need something or the yeah. other. 
or I've been out for a wee uh, and then I come back so I sleep downstairs with him uh, on the sofa and I'll just get snuggled in and he'll go babes can I have and I'm like yeah. and then I feel so bad for feeling that way because I'm able-bodied mm. I can speak I can do everything I need to do so yeah yeah, yeah absolutely Sarah so what support do you feel you've received since your husband's diagnosis? Have have you received any sort of formal support as a as a carer or what what have you what have you received? Um, what our service here in North East Lincolnshire has been absolutely phenomenal. And it makes me sad when I read in other groups that perhaps people aren't getting the same care. But at my front door is unlocked because people come and go all the time. I can't keep up with the appointments. So there's always every day there's somebody coming to do something or advise or whatever. And so, gosh, the list, um, occupational therapist, dietitian, nutritionist, um, nurses, um, the GPs, amazing. Um, it's just, it's the, the list is endless. And I've always got somebody I can call on when something's not, and they, and they seem to drop everything and, and, and come and sort it out, which is amazing. I don't know about was that, was that, was that offered to you straight away or did you have to sort of fight for it and, and ask? For no, straight away. I think amazing. we're fortunate in that we've got an amazing occupational therapist and, um and she says, call this person, do this person, do this. Yeah. People called us. We didn't have to call anybody. Um, to say, can you come and help with this? It was, it was, it was phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant. That's really good. I suppose that's a, a bit of a weight off your mind as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, 256, 256. That's my number. <laughs> so I have to call <laughs> and go help me and somebody comes. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah, did you feel, have you felt the same? Yeah, I think we're before? actually, we're, we're very much similar in terms of that. We're very lucky we're under, um, we're in the Northwest. So um, under the Lancashire Trust and yeah, we, as of the day of diagnosis for Rob, there was an MND nurse in the diagnosis. And from that moment, she, they then brought a physiotherapist in as well. So we had a very good link to an MND nurse and a physio right from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say our occupational therapist, obviously she's not linked to that team. She's separate, but she has been a massive driving force in terms of, looking for opportunities to be able to make it easier in the house for us and she's really directed us but I would also say the MND team have been really helpful in terms of the MNDA as well and like finding what grants are available and being able to do a lot of that paperwork and stuff for us um and yeah that's that's been really helpful and I think just generally family and friends as well like you you don't realize how much support sometimes you have around you until things like this happen everyone comes out sort of yeah you in other ways don't they so it's uh oh that's amazing guy I'm 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 glad you answered that way because I was sort of half expecting based (laughs) on a lot of sort of stuff that comes out online that that there isn't enough support and by the sounds of it you know, you two are both in in different parts of the country, and you're getting amazing support by the sounds of it, which is really nice to hear. Where, where apart from sort of your occupational therapist, do you get a lot of other support from directly from the MNDA, or do you get other support from other charities? Where, with someone just sort of in the beginning of their journey from looking after a loved one with MND, where can you get support and advice from? Where would you advise to go? MNDA, I think, are brilliant. 
um, anytime I've contacted them, it might take them a couple of days to email me back, but they, they contact me. They've got a forum as well, similar to what you've put together. Hmm. There's a lot of experience on there. They do have a massive booklet that you can print out, which I did early days. Um, it's an overwhelming amount of information. And yeah, um, so I think they're brilliant. Um, and no, and then your group, I'd say there's a lot of, Oh, stop it. It's a lot. Of, there's a, no, it's true. There's a lot of poo out there as well. There, there, there are people that talk about reversals and things like that, yeah. which I, I went through a phase of really getting into. Mm. And my husband was so sad for me because I was like, but this, this person said, and this person said, and this, you know, and this guy and this guy, and you can pay this much money. And, you know, um, so you have to be careful with that. And it made me feel a little bit like that. I don't know if it's false hope because I don't want to say those people aren't doing it right. The only thing I would have liked a bit more um, knowledge about would have been um, alternative therapies to ease stuff. So I think the NHS go, okay, you can't talk, here's a machine. Um, yeah. You can't walk, here's a wheelchair. And they kind of like bandaging over uh, yeah. things that are going wrong. But there seems to be, from our carers chat, a whole load of um, people doing stuff that's not um, illegal or dangerous, but sounds like, I don't know, acupuncture, for example. Yeah. Never mentioned to me ever by anybody like try acupuncture or... Um, I, find, I find I have to agree with that myself, being an MND warrior or, you know, patient, is that there isn't alternative methods, no mm. alternatives. So they, they very much focus on the, the, the Western side of medicine rather than the Eastern side, even though they can prove that it, can work in some respects to some other yes. to some people i had acupuncture for uh, i'd say a, a, a maybe four four or five appointments before unfortunately the acupuncturist that i was using she was very old and she did pass away so um but she was one of the very last <laughs> chinese acupuncturists and it was mental she put a needle in my leg or my arm and the, my twitching completely stopped it was un unreal but to get that from the nhs and it's never going to happen. You've got to probably yeah. fight for that side of things, I think. Yeah. 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 I would say definitely from our side as well, I, I'd agree. I think the MNDA, you know, have been really great. And sometimes it's hard because you read different things about it. And actually, you know, they have been extremely supportive of us. And the grants that are available via them, obviously, if you can get access to them, it really does help. Um you know they have children's grants as well which is really useful when you've got young children um so that's been really useful um we've had just things little things as well like support um via school and things like counseling support for the kids the children have a counselor within the school who will talk to them and actually they've been very helpful in terms of helping us sort of delve into that emotional aspect of things and I would just say social media in general obviously James your group as we just <laughs> said <laughs> but that was for Rob and I and that's how we met you in the first place was yeah. honestly the first month or two months after he was diagnosed we both literally scrolled the internet like Instagram Facebook like who else is in our situation because you hear about it being an older person's disease and it really isn't like there are so many young people with this disease and we just wanted to feel like we had a community that we could turn to that we fitted in with people and that we could talk to people 
who were in the same situation as us and that's meant that you could meet people from all around the world and like I know we've had conversations about the same people you know a number of times um but that was that's really been hugely helpful for us and that's been a huge part of our support network yeah I find just talking even just having chats to you guys I find it almost like a therapy like yeah and I said this to my occupational therapist because she was like oh how's your podcast going because they helped me fund uh or the MNDA helped me fund the the podcast equipment and um they were like oh, how's the podcast going and I was like yeah really good and I was like um you know do you get you know worked up and emotional from it you know how are you coping with talking to other people and I was like do you know what I actually find it really really helpful I come off calls now and I go oh I suck a bit of a, a bit of a relief now like I can because I hate to sort of bring my wife into it too much because she's just busy with work she's busy with looking after the kids she does everything and I'm dreading to get to the point of where she needs to sort of help me and it's helpful hearing from you guys how you're coping so well which gives me hope and and a nice feeling that my wife can probably do it as well she will she'll be amazing she's amazing yeah so what um i suppose we've already really sort of hovered around the answer to this question but what would you say is the hardest part about being a carer oh it's such a <laughs> difficult question to answer um it's quite broad isn't it i mean if there's nothing yeah i mean look, i think this is, I've got to say this really without sounding horrible, is that no, I'm waiting for my husband to die, right. in, in, essentially, and I don't know when that's going to be. Um, and I find that the hardest, because when we have like a really bad day, um, I think, oh my gosh, this it's, it's starting. Because we're at the point, uh, I don't know if Sarah, you're in the same place where they've put all the where all the stuff's been put in place, the end stuff, the magic box, the just-in-case kit, the lasting powers of attorney and respect forms and all of that. And when they come in, and the, and I'm glad they did, the nurses and doctors and stuff, they force us to do those things. Um, I find that really frightening because I'm just not ready. I'm not ready, and I probably never will be. I find that the hardest is... Is that how 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 long do I have? Is it like um, and what, how long do I have to do it? this? Yeah, and how long do I have to do this swan routine where on the top I'm gliding and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, you're amazing!" And underneath I'm like, oh, <laughs> "I want to swear!" Like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, this is horrible. I think that's the hardest bit. That's definitely the hardest bit. Um, yeah, and we talked about emotionally, mentally, physically. I'm. You know, I was, I am crossfitting, fitness, weightlifting legend, not anymore. Now I've lost, it. And I, you know, and talking of the MNDA, they gave me a carer's grant to buy um, a barbell and some plates. And I explained to them, showed them pictures, you know, that used to be this strong woman kind of thing. And I've just bought, They've, they've just given me the money, I can't believe it, to buy a barbell and some plates so I can work out at home, which will be extraordinary because I use the gym literally all day, every day, and then work at the gym as well. So, And that's going to uh, help yeah. you not, not only physically but mentally as well, I think, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I've got a whole load of people from the gym that are like, yeah, we'll come round and we'll work out with you. So, yeah, so I'm looking that's forward fun. to that. It's bloody raining today. 
I know. Horrible. I'm going out in the car, Hopefully uh, it will stop raining. Well, I think it's meant to be quite wet today, isn't it? It's meant to be quite nice tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah, that, for me, it's the uncertainty and the not knowing. But then me as a person, I like a plan and I'm OCD sure. about time. And this is happening at this time. That's happening at that time. And, you know, so I just don't know. Don't do know you, when I'll get back to do it. you think that there's enough support for you when you're worrying about that side of things? Can you call upon someone yeah. say, within the NDA or your occupational therapist? Because obviously they've gone through this before. Yeah, um, but you know what, though? And they're not wrong for doing it. Nobody will give you the answer that you want because it's not professional to do so. Yeah. So if you ask, and I've, I've tried it, um, <laughs> if you ask people, you go, oh, this is getting really bad now, isn't it? Like, for example, we had the NIV machine turned up now. It's at the highest mostest setting that he can have so when he struggles with the breathing they put the settings up or well, okay now we're at the highest setting so you know i'm pulling my pants like what happens next mm. and i'll say you know is this it is this is it starting and they're like you're doing such a great job just enjoy every minute that you can and, and it is the right thing to do and they're just too professional so mm. no i don't think there is because there's something called anticipatory grief that i've read about Right. Okay. And, uh, and I feel like I feel like when people come round, it's the two of us, and it would be nice for it there to be just like me. What every now and then, where I go, flipping oh, this is hard, isn't it? Um, and my husband is so positive and lovely that we don't go there with those kind of conversations. And yeah. interestingly, he doesn't talk to anybody else with MND. He doesn't want to watch. Um, the theory of everything or last night's pride of britain wars whatever he doesn't want to even when we went to like consultants appointments he was like is there going to be loads of people there with mnd that just you know and that's really interesting that he, but then he's naturally an introverted person so he's not very like super sociable right so I can, I can sort of relate to that as well i i don't really watch as much as i want to support you know the pride of britain awards and things like that i i still tend not to well, it sounds ironic because I'm doing this call and, and speaking to people on the group. Mm. I tend not to look at the media side of it. I'd rather speak to someone real. And I think that yeah. helps much more than hearing. I mean, like, you know, Rob Burrow is such an inspiration, but it, it breaks my heart to see yeah. where he's at now. And they've got that image of him on the rugby field. You know what I mean? Um, so I can't imagine what it's like to have <laughs> the disease and see that stuff. Like, because... And I hesitated to speak to you, James. Do you remember? Because I was like, yeah. we need a separate carers group because I don't want to put stuff in the beyond MND that's going to frighten people or worry people yeah. or scare people. Yeah. I mean, I was hesitant yeah. to actually set the chat up because I did try a chat once before and it just you just get spammed. You just your phone just doesn't stop. And uh, I was getting a bit overwhelmed with everything. And, and luckily, I found a way to make you the host. And I can sort of go, like, that's, that's Serena's job now. She can, she can deal she with can the chat. Deal with you're, doing a great, you're doing a great job with that. I, I dip Sarah, in what do you then. think? You think it's going beautifully in that group, isn't it? What do you think? Yeah, oh. I think it is. Like, it, obviously, it's, it is constant, isn't it? And it's just making sure you check in at that point. But, yeah, I definitely think it's it's needed. It's it's a massive thing being able to speak to people and and people have that understanding um yeah. and to be able to share things as well because things happen in different times don't they for everyone yeah. and actually to be able to say okay yes I've dealt with that I can give you some advice on it that's yeah that's a really good yeah thing. and, and some of it put me in my place in that I'm you know I can be quite 
uh, internally moaning about my situation but there's people there in that group that have you know got it in the family mm. so they're not they're dealing with one two three people even and gosh talk about us being strong but I just can't yeah. I can't yeah. fathom you know but I'm, I'm glad it's I'm glad it's helpful and, and for those that are are listening to this thinking what are they talking about a chat <laughs> well so I set up a, a Facebook group called Beyond MND and me and Sarita had a chat and we created a, a, a chat as well within the group just for carers. And it's sort of a, an area where you can vent and offload your frustration and sort of relate to other people. And, and uh, by the sounds of it, it's going very well. And from when I dip in and out, it, it does look like it's going well. It doesn't seem I to think have... at last looking, I think there's 145 people in the group. Brilliant. From around the world. Brilliant. That's amazing. Um, so that's yeah. amazing okay um sarah did you have anything you wanted to add in terms of uh, the hardest what's the hardest part yeah i think you know obviously if you were to look at it from the outside the day-to-day and just yeah. like life in general has become much harder in terms of managing that but i agree completely like the the grief aspect of it and I wasn't really aware of that before this happened that actually you can have this huge grieving process before something actually happens and I think actually the grieving for the life that you thought you were going to have and like the changes that are happening on a daily basis and you know as Sarita said like the fact that you know you know what's coming and you're having to deal with that in your head that really is the hardest part like every day you're like what's going to happen today or like something happens and you feel like it's a milestone in like a decline and that's that's really hard to deal with and you know you hear so many people talking uh, talking about like that grieving process moving forwards especially with an this disease and I think it's just the way you can manage your emotions but deal with what you need to do on a day-to-day basis that really is the challenge well both of you sound and look like from the face of it you're doing amazingly well (laughs) Especially with kids, you can't know. see our legs. It's that swan yeah. thing. <laughs> <laughs> you dragged yourself onto the phone call, like. <laughs> um, Sarita, I know we had a, a, a brief chat um, a, a while ago uh, when we sort of connected, and you might want to answer this one first. But what things have affected you in your relationship with your husband the most? Ah oh, yes. So gosh. You can go as uh, you can go as detailed yeah. as you like. This is Yeah. So obviously, let's just put it out there. Sex. Um, you know, we love each other very, very much. We fancy the pants off each other. He can't move. Um and I, yeah, um we you know, you still want that aspect to your relationship desperately, but it's really difficult. Um I'm at, even if it was the other way around and you're male and female, um, is that to get, how do, how can he make me feel wanted? He can't touch me. Um, he can barely speak to me. Um, so, and then when he, he mentioned it to me, like he said to me, you know, we haven't been close for a while now. And I said, oh, at that time, I was really down about it and just said, I just, I just can't see like, you know, I'm, I'm wiping your ass and you want me to feel this way about you. Yeah. And I just, you know, and he he was really upset, like really, really sad. Um, but then that conversation made us start to look into things and, and try a little bit harder. Yeah. And it was just what the, the problem is, is he's in a single bed 
in a hospital bed downstairs and he has to be sat upright and the knees have to be up so you've got this position so if I want to join him just mm. to lay next to him that's really uncomfortable because you're on your side because it's a single yeah. bed yeah so but you know when I do put him in the hoist and stuff now I put him all the way over to the edge put the barriers up and then squeeze into the side and we just found that getting a little but just being laying with each other and being closer to each other did make a big difference um and just think it's a very one-sided relationship in that aspect is that you know basically do I feel in the mood a lot no I don't and um, does he yeah <laughs> he thinks I'm amazing <laughs> and wonderful and that's that's quite difficult to to navigate and and just the human touch aspect of it you know he can't put his arms around me I oh, know I think that's a massive thing, isn't it? It's the hugging. Like, it's the fact that the one person you want a hug from can't hug you. And that's a huge thing. Just, And I I think sometimes people around you don't realise that either. It's actually, that's the one thing you need. Yeah, or to grab you by the hand or whatever. And if someone's laid in in a bed, you can't hug them very well either. Because you had to get your arms behind them and you're sat at an angle because they're in a bed. And, yeah, um... From my perspective, men love hugs. <laughs> I love, a hug. <laughs> love a good yeah. hug. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you for being so open with that 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 question. Um, and I suppose to to finish off the the episode and the interview, if anyone else is listening to this that is just starting their journey with with looking after their their loved one with with MND or ALS or or any disability, if you've come across across mm-hmm. this episode. What advice would you give to someone that's at that that beginning point of their journey? You guys say I would say be kind to yourself is the first thing. Like I think you, it, you, it is a real struggle to find time for yourself. But I think when you have a bad day, it can be really hard to like come down on yourself like a ton of bricks and be like, oh, I've not coped. I've not done very well today. Just be kind to yourself because it's the biggest challenge it's the most terrific thing that you can go through and it is awful I also think reach out to other people you know the carer groups that we have going is amazing find people that you can relate to either whether it's in your local area through MNDA or via social media there's so many different ways of being able to do it but find someone that truly gets it as well because on those bad days it's really helpful to be able to text someone or leave someone a voice note and just say this is how my day has been and I think maybe try not to block people from around you as well. Like I'm, I can't say that because I'm awful with my emotions when it comes to talking to people that are close to us. Um, but yeah, I think try and accept help because it's not easy to accept help, especially when you've been extremely independent and you do want your house to yourself. You don't want people there all the time, but sometimes you do just have to say yes to help or someone making you dinner one night makes a massive difference. Amazing, amazing. And yeah, so- I would say prepare yourself by linking up with somebody that's a little further on the journey than you are so just as an aside um, I'm a recovering addict 13 years clean and sober well done Um, congratulations and thank you and when when I started I chose a sponsor who's 34 years sober so rather than someone that's like you know one year or two years etc because I knew she had something that I wanted and she'd maintained it so she's further along than I am and knew the pitfalls that were coming. So I'd say, you know, almost like a mentorship, really. I feel like Sarah and I are in that position. 
um where you know you can really hang on to someone who who knows what's coming because it's really overwhelming at first all yeah. the information that huge mnda booklet that i told you about bet, yeah start reading stuff online etc and you need someone probably just to grab you by the shoulders sit you down and go right what's happening today let's deal with today and here's one thing that's in the future that you might want to think about for example a grant or yeah. um lasting power of attorney which we left too late or voice banking so important um and you know so some I, I would love to do that for somebody where they've just had the diagnosis and i can go right mm. this is what we're doing mm. that might not be a bad shout actually to contact NDA directly actually and offer that as a as a, a vo- obviously might be a voluntary service but it, it would be a service that you could offer as a mentor mm. to speak to someone directly that is going through exactly what they're just about to go through yeah other than yeah. being handed a booklet because you, we always we all want to do something about the situation and about finding the cure and, and all of that um i think when the time we call it when the time comes i that would give me some amazing focus as well just like when i sponsor somebody in aa it gives me reminds me to not pick up a drink um i think it would really help me as a something to do um when i met i met somebody locally a lady whose husband passed away from MND, and when we made eye contacts in the same room and we hugged, yeah, I I knew that she knew it was amazing, and we just held each other for a really long time. She knew my pain, and I knew that she knew, and it was it was mind blowing. It really was, yeah. So mentorship, something like that. Yeah, I agree. Oh, guys, can you believe that is? the end of the call where has <laughs> that time gone where is that time? Gone? we could have talked for hours james i know we could have done i think it's been a really insightful call i think as we've thank you for being so open with it but if there's anything you'd like to add now now's the time so i probably guess the only other thing to add is maybe just we talked about grants a little bit before but also understanding the benefits that are available too because i think that's an absolute minefield at times as to what actually you're entitled to when it comes to motability and things like that as well and all the challenges that that come with that side and the pip side of things as well so i think that's something that if you can get a handle on like really early on like as soon as that diagnosis has come then it does really help move things forward for you i'm still going through that myself actually two years mm-hmm. on and i still don't know what you know, help I can get. and I found as well that um this is probably another another episode to do really but there's I found as well that being a homeowner there seems to be a lot less available for you they're like yeah. oh, you're a homeowner oh no you're not eligible for that. Yeah. yeah yeah I'll sell your house become broke <laughs> then we can help you <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that just doesn't work like that way but oh, one of the guys. things to think about is um you said about adaptations to your house. Yeah. So one of our adaptations, which is a lovely ramp outside, like, you know, a proper one, um, because my husband doesn't particularly want to go out anymore, we haven't even used it. It took nine months for our um, wet room and ramp to happen. Yeah. That's that's disgraceful. That's too long. Mm. That's too, we had to go to, I don't know if people would, it would be useful for people to know about something called changing places. Have you heard of changing yeah. places? Yeah. So it's a scheme around the UK where people where there's a really, really, really amazing um, wet room, uh, shower, bath facility. And we used to have to go to the local YMCA and use theirs. 
um, because I couldn't get him upstairs in the shower. Um, I find that a little bit unacceptable that, yeah. you know, that we had to do that for so long, for nine months. Well, I've, um, I've, I've literally just come to the end of a house renovation myself. and We've had to move the bathroom from upstairs to downstairs, but yeah. we had to fund, I'd say, 90% of it all. And I say we, I say a very kind family member of mine that I mentioned on a previous wow. podcast. But yeah. um, if it wasn't for for her, I wouldn't be able to future proof the house. So mm. um, I can, yeah. but I can yeah. see just the process of getting grants for things like a ramp, a door, a wash dry toilet. It, there's so much red tape, and you can see from the occupational therapist from the council almost pulling her hair out, going, "I can't, I can't get it for you right now. Yeah. It's, it's just they've got to then fulfil their, you know, red tape, yeah. and it's just." There must be a smoother, simpler process, and it's seeing it. I have an idea. I'll share it with you one day. Yeah. I've got I've got something in the pipeline, but I'll share it with you another oh, do, day. Do. <laughs> I can't thank you enough for joining me on this uh, this episode. I hope you've you've enjoyed it. Thank you very much for joining me, and I can't thank you enough. Thank Excellent. you for having us. Thanks, Sarah. Yeah, thanks, Rita. It's nice to see you all. You too. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. You can do so via my social media platforms or if you'd like to join our Facebook group, which is now called MND and Beyond. We have lots of support and advice in there for you. If you would like to subscribe to the podcast itself, please do so with whichever platform you're listening to this on currently. And thank you very much for listening. Take care.